Hi, everyone. It's Caleb, and I'm so excited for you uh, deciding to listen to the Learner's Corner podcast today and spending a few minutes of your day here with me today. Today, I'm so excited to have Andre and Jeff Schinnebarger on the podcast to talk about their recently released book, Love or Work, and it's based around this fundamental question. Is it possible to change the world, stay in love, and raise a healthy family? And we're going to talk about that here in just a few minutes. But before we get into that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jeff and Andre. Andre is an adventurer who loves seeing the world. She is born in Bolivia, and she has a deep passion for building community with marginalized people groups. She works for Grady Memorial Hospital in Atlanta as a physician assistant and is an adjunct professor professor for Emory University. And she is an advisor to Plywood People and host of the Love of Work podcast with her husband, Jeff, who is a best-selling author and founder of Plywood People, which is a nonprofit in Atlanta leading a community of startups doing good. And his work has been featured in many publications such as Forbes, uh, CNN, USA Weekend, and the Huffington Post. He is the co-founder of Q and has mentored over 600 startups and created the largest social entrepreneur event in the South called Plywood Presents. And he also hosts, as I mentioned earlier, the Love or Work podcast with his wife, Andre Schoenbarger as well, which Love or Work podcast, if you're not listening to that, it's a great listen. Highly suggest it. Go listen to the pod as well. And uh, if, if you're not uh, subscribed to this pod already, just go ahead and subscribe as well. Best way to make sure you never miss a single episode. And so excited to bring that conversation to you in just a minute. Before that, I do want to say thank you to Garrett Oler, who edits the podcast for us. Super grateful for him. And thank you to Sam Massey, who provides the music for the podcast as well. You two help make the Learner's Corner better. Now, if this happens to be your first time listening to the Learner's Corner podcast, I want to tell you a little bit about the vision for this podcast. You know, here at the Learner's Corner, we truly want to create a safe place to have dangerous conversations because we all know that you can't have a, a, a you can't necessarily have all conversations with everybody because maybe you're afraid of upsetting the other person because they so vehemently want to defend their position that they're not open to having a dialogue. Or maybe you're afraid of being judged for bringing up a certain topic because you want to learn about it. And so on this podcast, we want to create a safe place to where you can have literally any of those types of conversations because this is a podcast for lifelong learners. We truly believe that we can learn from anyone, from everyone, and we can learn from anything and everything. And that's why the Learner's Corner has been created. And so I'm so excited for you to be listening to today's episode of the Learner's Corner podcast. And without any further wait, here is my conversation with Jeff and Andre Schenbarger. Well, Jeff and Andre, I'm so excited to have you both on the Learner's Corner podcast today to talk about your brand new book, Love or Work. Yes, thank you for having us. Yeah, it's great to be here with you. Yeah, and and just as we're getting started, one of the things that I always love to ask people whenever they've created, um, whether it be a a podcast or a book or any type of work of art that they've put out uh, into the public space is, what's the story or what's the event or events that made you go, hey, I need to share this with as many people as I possibly can? That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know that that was kind of how we did it. Yeah. Exactly. Like for us, it started with our own 
problems, I guess. Yeah. Like, our own personal tensions. Our own yeah. personal tensions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this tension of trying to figure out our purposeful work and our relationship has been a tension forever. From the beginning. From yeah. the beginning, yeah. And uh, I guess 10 years ago, we had a, one of our biggest fights and it, and, and it all came out. And in the middle of that, it's been years of connecting and um, trying to figure out the storyline for ourselves, which turned into sharing a lot about it with our community and, um, and leading to this whole project. Well, I think once you start talking about your own uh, struggles and your own tensions and then share that with other people, you hear people say, oh, me too. That's a constant mm-hmm. issue. And so, uh, so then we kept hearing people say, yes, we feel the same. It's really been hard on our relationship when we still want to do very meaningful work. And then that led to us being curious, really just asking questions and being curious um, of other couples or other people that are doing it, Uh, which then led to so many great interviews that we felt like uh, other people need to hear this. This is amazing. And uh, that's where our podcast started. Yeah. And then obviously you, you decide to write a book as well and release that. And I'm just curious, what was the process like of writing a book together? Oh, easy. No problems (laughs) at all. Right. Oh, so many problems, so many issues. Uh, Well, you know, we've never really worked together. We both have uh, careers in very separate fields of life. Uh, I'm in medicine and Jeff is a creative entrepreneur. And so, you know, we're already in completely different lanes. Um, So this was new for us, for sure. I, I think, you know, he's written some books before. And so he knows his creative process, knows what he needs to do to be able to write and to get in that space. And me, it was all brand new. I've never done this before. And so in the beginning, you just do what he does, right? Like, oh, he's done this. So I guess I'll just do it like how he does it. And maybe that'll work for me. Uh, And then I had to come to a firm realization that we are not the same person and that does not work for me in any possible way. Uh, So he's the creative, has to be in creative spaces, has to be, you know, coffee house vibe, you know, feeling good about the environment. And I, I just get too distracted. I'm like, just lock me in a closet and I can write, you know, I cannot have so many distractions out there. So we definitely had to realize that part. We are different. Yeah. I mean, yes, we, and we have different opinions on everything. So the combination of those things does not equal an easy book to write. Um, We even talk about in our intro chapter that you might read this and, and disagree with things in the book. Well, we just, we both disagree with things about, we both have our names on the cover of this book and we don't agree with everything, you know, that's part of marriage and relationship and, and trying to work it out together. Yeah, I was going to say, what what helped you get to the point? Because at some point, the book does have to come out and you do yeah. have to put like, hey, I might not agree with this. What what helped you be OK or get to the place to where you're at peace with, hey, I may not agree with everything in this book, but I'm still attaching my name to it and putting it out there. Yeah, it's a good question. Realizing I mean, that that's what marriage is. Right. That's the premise <laughs> of the whole thing. I mean, I mean um, 
we disagree with each other every single day, yet we're staying committed to each other in partnership, right? Mm -hmm. So I think once we realize like, hey, that's just the story of our life, like it's okay. And then we just gave each other permission to say, that's okay. There's moments that I will say um, that it was kind of healing or encouraging. Um, The previous two books I had written on my own which is really hard. And my, my partner in life, my best friend, I got to write this book with her. Well, we, one weekend, um, we had kind of taken turns and she took a night away and went and wrote, and then she came back and we tag teamed and, you know, she took the kids after that. And I went for a night away. And I remember she, um, she wrote like thousands of words in one night, like thousands and thousands, like I think it was like five or 6,000 words that night. (laughs) I come back and I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta meet, you know, I gotta, I gotta make it happen. I wrote like 300 words and I don't think we used any of those words. Like it was like disaster. And then a month later we did a very similar thing and, and we flip-flopped. And I think, you know, writing with her, it made, honestly, it made the whole book process a lot easier um, because we, at different times we had creative energy and other times we didn't. And that was encouraging. Yeah. It's not put only on one person the whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. Andre, I want to go back to something that you said. You said that we can disagree and yet we're still committed to each other. What does that what does that look like for you guys? How does that like practically play out? Every day, dude. Every single day. <laughs> um we are I mean, you you talk about polar opposites. I would say we are that. Mm-hmm. Um we're but- trying to renovate our bathroom right now, which it's like we disagreed on the tiles, you know, like it just doesn't. We never agree. So it, it's constant. Yeah. So basically, it's just this idea, though, that um, we can completely disagree. But in the in in like if you take the little minute details, we disagree. Right. But if you look at this big umbrella of like, let's say uh, our marriage matters mm-hmm. and it will be number one. We agree, right? We both agree. Mm-hmm. But how we get to that place, we're opposite. Um, and so I think once we've just both been okay with that and realized, listen, you and I come at things in completely different ways, but we both have these big umbrella things that we stay committed to. Our kids, we are committed to uh, encouraging our kids to be whoever they want to be regardless. Like it doesn't matter. There's no bars. You get to be you. And we a hundred percent agree with that. Now how that happens and how we parent day to day is opposite, you know? Um, but the big things we agree on. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, it, what you're saying makes me think of another thing that is just a, a tendency, I think in any relationship and it's to try to change the other person as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm just wondering how how have you both fought that temptation to try to change the other person because there's nothing we can do about the other person we can only change ourselves. What what's helped you navigate that tension? Well, I'm I'm still trying to change Andre. I'm still working on it's that. It's been 18 years and, and we still try to change each other. <laughs> you know, yeah. we still do. It, you still fight that tension, right? Yeah. That's 18 mm-hmm. years of it. Yes. One thing that we have both learned, though, is that we are changing. Both of us are changing. 
We're constantly evolving. We're both growing. We're becoming different versions of ourselves. And over the course of our marriage, we've known many versions of each other. Um, and the, the, the bigger thing is, are we continuously falling in love with that new person? Mm. I mean, because if allowing not, that new person to be who they need to be. Yeah. And so I think instead of trying to change the other person, it's like, am I staying curious about who Andre is becoming? Like, am I constantly growing with her instead of trying to change her? I, I'm not going to be able to change her. Um, but I, I see that she's growing, she's changing, she's seeing the world in different ways based on new books she's reading or life experiences we've had. And am I constantly being curious to understand the new version of her and continuously falling in love with her? I think that's a different way to approach it. And we heard that from, we've heard that from many people we've interviewed yeah. Yeah, through that process. How does that curiosity play itself out? Um, logistically? Like asking questions. asking questions, mm-hmm. you know, am I constantly learning new things about her? Mm-hmm. I think there's this tendency in long-term relationships where you kind of say, I know her, I know him, I know what, you know, like you, you're never going to change this, putting someone in a box that, that could be with a friend you have, you know, um, but when you know that they're constantly shifting, then you have to constantly be learning about them and asking them questions. So yeah, we go on dates every week. Some of the dates are better than others, right? Like, and, but the best dates are usually the ones where I come to a date and it's not so much about where we went to dinner. It's about how curious am I about her and what she's learning and how her week's going and, and asking questions. So those are all things that really, really connect us. Yeah. I think, uh, we also are big learners. Uh, we believe in this kind of like lifelong learning idea. And so for I, for us, um, we try to stretch ourselves. I, I mean, we read things that we maybe wouldn't normally agree with, We uh, read books from people that we don't, you know, necessarily see the same point of view, but we want to learn and we want to grow. And we think that, um, and then in that, when you're, when you're learning something new, then you get to like, want to share that with somebody else. Right. And so that continuous learning together really inspires us to continue then to ask like those questions, like, and be curious about what they thought about that. And what, Mm -hmm. what, what do you, you know, because it's pushing us to different levels of growth and learning. Yeah. And and one question that I always love to ask people, and I would love both of yours, uh, input on it is what's a book that you've read maybe in the last year that has uh, changed what you've thought or radically impact you? That's good. I read a lot of books. <laughs> well, I'm always looking for recommendations and this is why I ask it. You got your book, babe? Uh, you can go first. Um, so my favorite book that I've read recently is Glennon Doyle's book called untamed Mm -hmm. um that was just uh a really i've loved her for years and years but that book really just inspired me in a lot of new and in different ways so yeah i it's funny i've read a lot of books this year um and 
<laughs> what's funny is I wouldn't say like there's one that has changed me. I've, I've learned the thing that's actually changed me the most this year yeah. has been um, a, a consistent practice of meditation. It's been mm-hmm. less about what I've read and um, having consistency in um, going inward for myself and centering myself. So I use an app that, I mean, there's tons of these meditation apps, but I use Calm app. And that's actually been the best thing for my growth in the last year um, to actually slow down. Um, I don't do it every day. I, based on my app, I actually checked myself the other day, but one out of every two days I'm using it, which I feel really proud of that. Mm. Um, and to take 10 minutes and beginning to breathe, um, to center myself, to not act out of the emotion that I normally do and, um, to have a different perspective and purpose in that day. So I, I know that's not the question you asked, but I actually, that has been the greatest growth part of my year. And, um, so yeah, I would recommend that to others. No, I love it. Uh, Andre, do you have anything like that? In terms of meditation or, or some, or a practice or something like that, that's really helped you in the last year. Yeah. Um, actually mine has been since COVID really, um, you know, I'm in the medical field, so I'm taking care of a lot of COVID patients and there's just lots of stress and, uh, yeah, it's just a stressful time for anybody in the medical field. So just realizing like, um, I live really close to where I work too. Mm -hmm. So my commute is I mean, so short that I didn't feel like I was really decompressing from work before I got home. I didn't feel like I just felt like what I was carrying from work was coming straight home. And so I have started riding my bike to work most days. And to me, that has just been this really great self-care practice of um, just like, you know, getting all that extra stress off of me you know, working it out on a bicycle, but then also in the mornings, just taking that extra longer time to breathe and be quiet and just ride on empty streets of Atlanta. It's amazing. Yeah. I want to go back to uh, something that we touched on a little bit earlier. And we talked about curiosity and how you've kind of seen that as maybe, maybe a theme in a lot of conversations that, uh, that you've had on, on your podcast and even for the book as well. What are some other themes that you've seen that like, wow, this just keeps showing up in like all of these conversations? Yeah. So one of the things um, that we've learned about is really this, this tension between whose purpose is more important in relationship. And, uh, and if you asked us, we would both say that our own purpose, yeah, mine is more important. Now you're mine. I mean, I'm saving lives. She's saving lives. Let's just remember that. So it's like the mic drop in the conversation. Well, I literally saved someone's life yesterday. So whose purpose is more important? Anyway, but what we that's something that is a constant tension. When two people are doing purposeful work, both of the works are important. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we found this stat. So part of the book was partnering uh, on a research project with Barna Research. And we surveyed 1,500 um, participants. Work- participants um, that are involved in working, they're, they're in a working couple relationship. And um, anyway, one of the stats that really stuck with us, three in 10 people feel encouraged by their partner to pursue their work and dreams, three in 10. So only 30% of people that are in committed relationships feel encouraged 
by the person that loves them to pursue their dreams. And that is very sad. And, and also the root of the whole issue, right? So how do you not, so a lot of us have a hard time finding someone to love for the rest of our lives. Like that's a, a deep, long, hard pursuit. The second thing that people struggle with is like, okay, why do I exist? Why am I here? And what is my purpose, right? Like the, that's a second super hard question to figure out. And the third that we say, if in this committed relationship is how do I fall in love with her purpose? To the point where it, I can even view it as equal to my own, you know. And I think, I think that is a core issue that we have found in in the research that we've done and the relationships that we have learned from is like there has to be that depth of belief in your partner's purpose to be able to maintain all that. And practically speaking, to then also sacrifice for that other person yes. at the times that are needed. We're not saying sacrifice your whole life. No, we're saying seasons where you would need to sacrifice for your partner's purpose to take priority. And so, you know, for we've talked about COVID, it's kind of this is like my season. I mean, if there's any reason why I'm doing medicine, the time is now. And so Jeff had to really step back. I mean, he stayed home with the kids. He became a stay home dad. He became a teacher. He became, you know, he did all the things for me to then leave the house and go and take care of COVID patients for the last six months. And so it's been a really, you know, all that to say, also knowing that this season will change. And then therefore I need to be able to kind of step back into a role where I can help him and support him and let him go after things that he needs to go after with his work too. So practically that allows that, you know, ebb and flow between both of you to sacrifice for each other. Mm -hmm. And while you were doing these interviews and even writing the book, what was something that surprised you? Maybe you went in thinking one thing and you're like, oh no, it's not that way at all. Yeah. um, I think for me, 83% of couples say that working has made them better parents. Hmm. Um, I honestly didn't even want to have kids because I thought that I wouldn't be able to have my work and my career. I mean, we waited a really long time to have kids um, for that reason. I wanted a career. I wanted to do my meaningful work. And so, um, and so to hear that statistic that 83% think that working has made them a better parent is really encouraging. I think it's encouraging to couples who don't have kids and are like, I don't know, I don't know if I should do it because I love what I do. You know, it's encouraging to those people, but it's encouraging to me now, even as a working mother, I hate that phrase, uh, not a working mother because we don't call him a working father. Mm-hmm. As a working woman, I think that that's super encouraging because I can let go of guilt, of feeling like I'm not there or I'm not around enough or things like that, um, because I do see how it really has made me a better parent. When I come home, I'm with and focused on my kids and solely on my kids, but yet I still have a separate place that I can go and use my gifts and use my talents apart from the home as well. So we had, I mean, we were surprised by so many there's things, honestly, things. we, uh, there are some like super practical things. 
31% of the people that we surveyed, again, this is ridiculous, but only 31% have a shared calendar with their partner. That's crazy. Like, how do you, I don't know how you do that. Like, how, if we didn't have a shared calendar, we would be in a fight every day. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, okay, baseline, if you're listening to this and you're in a relationship, like, y'all get on and you can't get on the same page start with having a shared calendar it's free it's on google like this can help you like yeah it's not rocket science like sometimes you just got to know where each other are going at what time each week you know so yeah. there's some really practical things like that 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 we found out that um that i think can help other people yeah and, and i think personally just for me one of the things that stood out the most uh in the book and i can't remember the exact uh percentage, but I think it was somewhere between like 60 and 70% uh, of couples or people feel burned out or emotionally drained from their work. And yet nobody, and yet like, again, I forget what the percentage is, but it's a high percentage of people who don't use all of their vacation days in in their, in their, uh, 59%, 59% of people do not use all their vacation time. So yeah, to your point, Caleb, we're exhausted. We're tired. Everybody's saying it. They just can't do this anymore at this rate and time and speed. And then nobody will take and use their vacation. So I don't know. It's, it's insane to me. I mean, vacation feels like a free spot on the bingo board, you know, that you should, you should get that and use it. It's free. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and I think what we've learned, I mean, culture, yeah, the American culture is one where productivity trumps everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what did you get done today is the mindset that we all have as we approach our work. And we're looking for tangible things and accomplishments along the way that we can then share on Instagram and show people that we did something that matters, right? And yet, when you don't take breaks, your productivity decreases, right? And so for Andre and I, like, if we didn't, we're very passionate about our vacations. So when you read the book, you'll, you'll hear like, we take vacations a lot. We take a lot of time off. And to be honest, we have no shame. We have no shame. And to be honest, that's when I actually have my greatest ideas was when I'm on vacation, when I'm not in the monotony of doing things daily. Like when you separate yourself, get perspective, then you actually have a a broader, you know, solution based to, to do things. That's when you get to read books. That's when Andre and I really connect. That's when we have incredible experiences with our kids. So it's super important to take the breaks that you need to stay healthy. Yeah. And one thing that I would just love uh, your perspective on is for the person who's listening right now, and they're not in a long-term relationship, but they want to do the work that way, whenever, you know, they find their partner that, Hey, I've done everything that I can. What advice would you give to that person? Or what are the things like, Hey, I would pay attention to these areas or work on these things. You know, what's funny is Andre's answer is because she's always like, Jeff, do not give these people your advice. She's like, I was trying to be a matchmaker. No, I'm very passionate about this because uh, most of my friends are still single and I um, just love them dearly. And so for me, in my advice, honestly, is that you get to work on you and to be and work on you to be the most healthy, best you there is. Because a healthy you can lead to a healthy relationship in the future. But if you're coming in with a lot of un, um, 
unhandled baggage, a lot of issues, a lot of past stuff, a lot of family stuff, trauma in your past, and you have not uh, done the work in terms of counseling or healing and in ways to help with those ways, this, it'll only, your partner's not going to fix that for you. It only gets bigger. It only gets worse. It only impacts somebody else even more than, uh, and hurts other people even more than it might hurt yourself. And so for me, it's, um, all about you, like Mm -hmm. know yourself, uh, know what you like, know what you want, um, you know, and, and do that work of yourself and within yourself. Um, and I think it'll lead to healthy relationships in the future. Yeah. Another thing that you write about in the book is you talk about the role of a village as it pertains to raising your kids. Can you just elaborate on that more? Because that's something that's just very countercultural. And yet, as I was reading through the book, it's like, this is, at least from my perspective, it's a no-brainer. This, Of course, this is something that you should do. Yeah, I think people so quickly just think it's like this, it's just this small family unit, right? Like when you have mm-hmm. kids, you and your partner are going to make all the decisions and make all the impact and are going to shape and form and transform their little minds and hearts and lives to little mini versions of you, really, you think, right? Like, um, to go forward into the world. And we just really don't think that's the best way to parent. Like, for us, the more people that are around us in our village that have loved our kids, been a part of their lives, and have impacted them, has expanded their minds in ways that Jeff and I can't do in ways that we can't teach them. Um, you know, we have friends that take them out in the woods and show them frogs. Like, I don't want to touch frogs. I don't, I don't do that. I'm like a city girl. This is not me. And, but <laughs> these kids know all about frogs and all about this and that in nature because of friends, you know, another friend who's vegan. My kids know more about veganism than any eight and 10 year old out there, you know? So it's all these silly things, but also very impactful and meaningful things that, you know, Jeff and I uh, can't teach. We have a black daughter. That's another thing. Why, why would I only want two white people or her parents Mm -hmm. to be the only voice speaking to our black daughter? Never. I want her surrounded by black women. I want her surrounded by black families. I want her surrounded by adoptive families too that have the different shades. So there's so many things that go beyond just Jeff and I. Yes, and um, I mean, even if if you're listening and you're not in a full family, you, you don't have kids. We have found this fallacy that a lot of couples um, think about, which is when times are tough, that they need to separate themselves from community. Mm-hmm and get their stuff figured out, and then go back. And that is not how it works. (laughs) When you're in hard times, you actually need the community to speak into your relationship more. Um, We we were just in an interview. We were just talking to someone about that this morning. And like when they said they would not stay married, right? If it wasn't wasn't for their their friends. friends. Yeah. So it's when times are hard, you may be in a relationship right now and things are challenging. It's like, 
open that relationship up to people that are close to you. You know, don't, don't put it all on the internet. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Like, but like actually talk to someone that's human that knows you, you know, and invite their opinion in, invite their advice in because they probably really love you, you know, and they really want you to stay with this person, you know, or they'll, or they'll tell you when it shouldn't, Continue. Or they'll remind you of yeah. the red flag. Of the red flag, you know. <laughs> and we've seen this a lot of times when times are tough, people try to separate themselves from community. But that is actually the time that we need the community the most. So you, you've kind of based all of your work around the question of, is it possible to change the world, stay in love, and raise a healthy family? And I would love to just uh, go back to before you started asking this question and just evaluate yourselves and how you, how are you different today from asking that question and choosing to continue to ask that question? Mm, I don't think anyone's question. asked us that. That is a asked. tough question. Man, <laughs> Caleb. Caleb, you're killing us over here. <laughs> no, that's good. How, how have we changed over the course of that time? Is that kind yeah. of a, okay? Yep. I, well, I'll tell you some personal things and I'll tell you some big project things. Yeah. And Andre, please interject at any moment. Um, personally, because we've done this project, our marriage has gotten better, honestly. Like we it's counseling. It, it has been counseling yeah. for us all along the way. So it, so on a very personal note, if nothing else, if nobody read our book, if no one listened to the podcast, whatever. Our marriage has gotten better. I think it's been a good use of our time. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've, we've learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from a from a theory to answer the question, like, what do we think about the question? All that. You know, I think I, me personally, I think this is actually the question that a lot of us are asking. They might not might not use the same terms that we use. You may disagree on all different things, but like how do we keep doing the stuff we're passionate about that we feel a sense of purpose and calling on and still have a family? That's the core question mm -hmm. that there's so many people feeling the tension on it. And most of us are saying, I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but we're, this is what we're doing. We're going to figure this out. Yeah. We're, I mean, the modern, the modern couple, the modern family, they want it all right. I mean, we all, do want it i think to jeff's point is super idealistic you believe it's possible we want that and as americans we believe that for sure is what we want and what we're going to get it's just how and the practicalities of how to do that are really really difficult yeah i was even thinking about i was last night i was with a guy who sits on our board uh it has a position on our board of directors for a nonprofit that I lead. And he owns a business. He's got five kids. He's married. He has a couple investments in other businesses. And on a Thursday, he was helping me for eight hours in a board meeting. I'm like, it's not even just work and it's not just work life balance anymore. It's like work, life, marriage, nonprofit you care about and side hustle podcast that you're doing on Thursday night. You know, like, it's like, that's just what's happening today. So, yeah. So I think from where we began to where we are, it's only gotten more complicated. Um, and there's more options than we've ever had before, which means we're all kind of dabbling in things. And 
so do I think it's possible? I do. I do think, I also think the Andre and I have had to say no to a lot of things um, that are on the periphery that aren't actually at the core of who we're becoming. Um, anyway, I don't know if that answered your question. How do we do it? Was that good? That was like one of the hardest questions. I know. I think you did good. Yeah. No, I it was good. That, I think I would just add intention. Yeah. I think so mm. many people um, starting off, you fall in love and you just think that it's going to just work out. Like mm-hmm. y'all are just going to make it. And that's just not true. I mean, nothing is going to just naturally flow in that direction. You have to be intentionally working with at it with your partner if you're if you're in a relationship or like before relationship with yourself with your work there has to be intention because you don't naturally flow to healthy. Healthy mm-hmm. takes work. A healthy you takes work, a healthy marriage takes work. Health, you know, work life balance and healthy workplace takes work. All of it takes so much intention. And Mm. so we hope this book in terms of just intention that people intentionally buy this in the way that they hope their partnership will grow stronger, that we hope it stirs up conversation that they have that they hadn't had before. That's it. We just want them to talk more. We want them to take that intention towards their partner. And that's all we want out of this book. That's good. Yeah. What? I know. Man, that's my wife right there. there you go. Come you on. Know you know it. Uh, what help? What helps you deal with and manage that tension? Is there anything that helps you both with that? Well, one thing that we say to each other, there's two things we say to each other that I think have helped us a lot. One, we are on the same team. Mm. We consistently say that to each other. And we sometimes have to say that in the moments when we don't, either one of us feel it or desire it, you know, like we're going at each other and it's like, one of us will say same team. Like, okay. I know that we're disagreeing on this very specific thing, but we're still on the same team. We need to work through this together. That's the first thing. And, and, and instead of going at each other, taking a step back where we're both on the same side and then our problem are, is in front of us and we're on this side both looking at the problem and saying, okay, how are we going to tackle that? So. Instead of you're the problem. And, <laughs> and, and, yeah. uh, the other thing that I was going to say is um, we have, Andre really coined this phrase for us, that we have at any, at, at any time, we can edit and change what our lives look like mm-hmm. and operate. So when things aren't working, and this happens a lot, sometimes it happens weekly, and during COVID, it's happened daily. Daily, (laughs) things aren't working right. We got to reframe things. But in general, like you know, especially as our works change, seasons change, um, expectations on our kids change, whatever. Like we have to consistently stop and go. Okay, something's not working. We need to change something, and we have that freedom. The only people that are running this family are us, like no one else. The minute we put all these expectations that other people are telling us we should do this or can do that, it's like, no, we have to make the changes to be able to sustain individually, together, and with our kids. Mm -hmm. One final question that I I love to ask everyone, and this could be uh, pertaining to the book or it could just be uh, to your lives as well, is if you could pass on three lessons that you've learned to 
everyone in the world and they would automatically learn these things, what would they be? We have a lot of fun phrases. I mean, we have a lot of phrases that we talk about. Um, I think Jeff, your if we change the world. Oh, so one of them that we that we share, and this is kind of a summation of this book for us and our family value. If we change the world and lose our family, we lose. Hmm. So um, that's a framework that, at the end of the day, like if this world changing project we're supposed to be pursuing ruins us, ruins us, then maybe we shouldn't do it. Hmm. You know, so that's um, one. What else? I always say it's not an adventure until something goes wrong. And that's the story of my life. So for me, Literally, I love adventure. I love uh, play. I love being, trying new things and adventuring in new ways. And that is sustaining me and gives me life and joy. But then with that, you got to accept like, all the wrong that's going to happen because it's going to go wrong. So, and then making that into part of the adventure. So that's, that's mine. That's another thing. I said three, we got to get one more. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of one liners (laughs) that would make Andre roll her eyes. Like I could just, I could go on and on and on. Um, But I will say since you asked, (laughs) just kidding you're like this is your like best question ever what do you mean pull out all your one line i mean what do you what's your favorite one liner (laughs) that i could say you know know all my i do know them all i'm not even gonna say it though you go ahead (laughs) you you do you you do you go ahead babe i'm gonna give one as a follow-up to my first one and it's actually a really good follow-up to your second one okay okay let's see and that is now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh my God. <laughs> um, no, here's what, here's what it is. I say this to so many people in our community. So I lead this organization called Plywood People. We work with startups doing good. And it's hard. It is hard to bring something into existence. And I say this to my team all the time, and they all roll their eyes. And we get into a moment when it's just like everything is not working, and it sucks, and it's hard, and why are we even doing why are we even you know like you get we've all you probably have had this caleb on your podcast like why am i doing that whatever and we say well nobody said changing the world was gonna be easy nobody said changing the world was gonna be easy like the work of making things better in this world making even even incremental small change on social issues that we think really matter it is going to take hard work, gruesome days, long hours, hard hustle. It's going to impact your family, all this stuff. And nobody said it was going to be easy. So if you want easy, that's cool. There's an easy button. You can go get a job down the road and clock out at eight o'clock, whatever, whatever your thing is. But the work that most people that I know that care about their purpose in life, it's going to be difficult. And, and you're signing up for that, you know, you're signing up for some days that are harder and it, and there's going to be a weight. There is a weight on your shoulders that you feel all the time. Mm-hmm. It's heavy to be able to make something again, incremental, such small change. It might be in your community, but you feel the weight and responsibility of that. And Anyway, so that's a little one-liner I use with our yeah. 
Well, I know that people are going to want to pick up the book and continue to learn from the both of you, even on your podcast. Where's the best place for people to go to find all of those things? Uh, wherever you find books. So mm-hmm. Amazon, wherever, local bookstores. Uh, we always hope you support uh, Black and local bookstores. So Black-owned bookstores and local ones. So we hope you get your books there. But anywhere you get your books. And then uh, our podcast is Love or Work, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then our handle, easy on Instagram, at Love or Work. Awesome. Well, thank you both. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for just putting in the hours and doing the work of just releasing this into the world. It is so needed. Thank you. Thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Well, Jeff and Andre, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. So grateful uh, for the both of you for the work that you're doing and for just being here on the podcast as well. And also, Garrett, just thank you for editing the podcast. Sam, thank you for providing the music for the podcast. You two help make the Learner's Corner better. And if uh, if you happen to be listening to the Learner's Corner for the first time, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Is the best way to make sure that you won't miss a single episode that releases on this feed. And leave a rating and write a review of the podcast. It really does help so much, and it only takes a couple of minutes. And uh, I would love to hear from you as well. If you have something that you would love for us to talk about on the podcast, or if you have something that uh, that you're really excited about and learning about, I would love I would love to hear from you. And the best way to reach out to me is on my Instagram, which is at Caleb J. Mason. Would love to hear from you. Would love to talk with you. And would love to hear some of the things that you would love to learn about as well. And we maybe we can make that happen on a future podcast episode. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Learner's Corner Podcast. My name is Caleb Mason. And until next time, keep learning and keep growing.